Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football. We are ready to go. It is the international break, but we're not going to fake it. We're going to do a Premier League half-term report because really half-term would be at Christmas, but it's very busy at Christmas. Will goes skiing, he's got presents to buy, and also the Premier League games are coming thick and fast. So we're going to give every Premier League side a grade, aren't we, Phil? I mean, Will. Yep. And also, Phil Amwell, um, yeah, new Portland Timbers manager Phil Neville is here. Um, yeah, he'll be joining us later on. And yeah, all right, the... all right, lads, all right, so sunshine. That? I do the impressions no. around here. No, yeah, hopefully yeah. get a full sack of presents off you. Um, nice full sack off you for Christmas this year. That'd be lovely. Um, Terrible thought. And uh, yeah, no, just really looking forward to this. Been catching... I am as well because it's like being a teacher. Now, I never wanted to be a teacher, but no. we're going to be give... we're going to be grading these teams. Well, that is an unfair association with teachers who I think do a fantastic job <laughs> for the for, for the nation. And I, I don't like those. It's, it's like saying police officers were bullied at school. Teachers and the ramifications of that, I, I think, are just disgusting. I think, <laughs> no, I think our teachers... No, te- no, just the links with you. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, let's move on. Um, we're going to be talking about who the team of the season is because Will thinks it might be Liverpool. It could have been Spurs a week ago. But um, look, we've got lots to get into. We've got Pratt of the Week. The jingle will be back. Uh, we've also got some brilliant either-ors. One I'm really looking forward to is who is the set pe- best pe- uh, best set piece taker? Trent Alexander-Arnold or Mark Goldbridge? No, uh, Ward-Prowse or Trent Alexander-Arnold. We've got some cracking either-ors. We've got some of your questions as well. It is Goldbridge saves football and we're ready to go. So, Will, Premier League team, uh, not Premier League half-term report. Yeah. Um, are we going to start with, should we do it alphabetically? Because I think if we start at the top, it's just a bit boring, isn't it? Because we just have Man City, oh. A. Last time I did it alphabetically and you went, I've done it in bloody Lee table order. I've given you the running order. We've done it in Lee table order. Now you want it in alphabetical order. The problem is we've got to really pad down to the bottom. Like, you know, you've got to foreshadow. You'd be like, you won't believe what grade we've given Luton Town. So, um, well, I think- I'll tell you what I've given Luton Town straight now. You can clip this up straight away. Basically, if the grading system in the UK is like A, you can get A plus. Uh, it's not even star, that anymore, is B it? Plus. No, I don't know what it is, but we're, we're, we're traditionalists. We're going to have A, A star, A minus. So there's three, really. Yeah. So A, B, C, D, E, F. F is a fail. Luton, get what I got in a couple of GCSEs. U, ungraded. What? Why? I've got them down it's here just, as a C plus. So crap. What you want about? I've got Luton down as a C plus because I think everyone had them down as like you know we've done podcasts where we spoke about them maybe beating the Derby County record and and nobody wants to break that record but I think Luton are on a on a nice trending way to be 18th is is a lot better than where I think they'd expect to be and in touching distance of getting out of the bottom. They've three. got six points yeah. from 12 games. I've got more points on my driving license than them. That you you were going to say that they were get like Derby County. What there was the Derby County record, thirteen points, is it? I think so. You know they're Look, halfway there for that, so they're beating your expectations to shove it up yours. As soon as they become an octagon, I might be a bit more you know praiseworthy. But six points. I mean Burnley. Ah, oh, can't wait to grade them. Right, we'll do it. Take we'll do it in league order because we've got to get through these. Um, Manchester City. Will what would you give them this season so far? Because I've gone with a B. I've gone for an A minus, yeah, sort of maybe drifting mm. into that B. I think uh, not the rampant Man City that we've come to expect, but you know they are top of the league. I think there's been a really big reliance and a he- heavy reliance on Rodri, which has come to the fore, which we all sort of knew about, but that suspension has shown. Um, they are on a seven-game unbeaten run, six wins of those. Yeah, doing well in the Champions League, out of the Carabao Cup, which is one of my favourite cups. But I think Manchester City, just because of winning the treble. Like they, their standards are very high. So the top of the league, mm. they've got some great, we've got a great fixture when we come back from the international break, but A minus for yeah. me, Mark. He's talking about Man City against Liverpool at half 12, which I'm, I want to talk about a little bit later. I'm angry about that. But yeah, I'd give them, I'd give a, I'd be happy with an A minus or a B because they are top of the league, but by their high standards, they've drawn one, lost two in their last six. I think they're gettable at the moment. They don't. They don't strike me as. A t- I, I thought personally thought they'd have the, t- the league won by Christmas. Like they'd be 10, 15 points ahead. So they're not actually hitting the levels I would have thought so far. But I'm loving this. This is great. Um, let's go Liverpool. Uh, I uh, had Liverpool down as a uh, as an A actually. Yeah, a, yeah. A. I've got not down not a, a not A plus or an A star or A minus. Just a straight A. Yeah. I, why, why have you gone for A? 
because I think where they were last season, and uh, I think at the end of last season, you look at them and you go, yeah, they've got Salah, they've got Van Dyke, they've got Allison, but they just weren't a very good team last season. And I think what he's done over the summer, we've, I've mentioned it a lot of times with the midfield. I saw it at the weekend. McAllister and Gravenberg weren't available. He puts Endo and Gakpo in there. And st- he's just sorted that midfield out. And he's created a situation where with that midfield three, he's probably got five, six combinations that he can use. And that just knits a very strong attack and defence together. I think Van Dijk's looking really more, more accomplished this season, maybe than last season. Alisson's a fantastic goalkeeper. And I just think, yeah, they could drop off, but they could actually get better. So I think a, a straight A student for me. Yeah, and I think also what they're doing with the front three as well, because it was Salah, Firmino, um, Mane for all those years, and it feels like they've yeah, even rejigged that, which is which is remarkable, really. Like, I know people highlight a lot of Nunes' misses, but at the weekend, his link-up play with Salah, and a lot of people have spoke about that. Well, why, why, why is everyone picking on Nunes' misses? I've never even seen yeah, it. Yeah, good from you. Yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah, good, nice right. early strike. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm really excited by them again. And I think we said on this podcast, it feels a little bit like they're getting back to the 2018, 2019 side, especially if you can have that rock of Allison Van Dyke sort the midfield out. And then you've got Salah, who's I think, what, on about to score 200 goals for Liverpool. So A yeah. for me, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree with you on that one. Um, but look, be interesting to see how it goes. We've got Arsenal, who are in third place at the moment. Hmm, I don't. I, my feeling with Arsenal, Will, is that there has been a bit of a drop off uh, from last season. I, I think I felt this time last season they got. I think they took forty three from forty eight. I think I heard somebody say that numerous times over the last six months. Oh yes, it was me. Forty three points from forty eight at the start of last season is that's going off like a train, like a rocket. They haven't gone off like a rocket this season. They've got twenty seven points from uh, a possible what thirty eight. So it's not as good. It's not as good, but it's not. But it's not bad. So I'd probably, I'd probably put Arsenal as a as a B as well. I think I put Arsenal as a B. It's a good strong start. They're right in amongst it, but I don't think they've got rocking yet. No, I think that the sort of the story of that maybe is like how well Declan Rice has fitted into that team, and that's an A star sign. Yeah. And they needed to yeah. bolster that midfield, but then sort of Kai Havertz has come in there, and he he's really not sort of got got in the ground running. So. I think they, when January comes around, we've spoken a lot about Eddie and Ketia. Um, and is he the right man to fill the void if, if Jesus is out? They do a lot of that false nine stuff as well. So I think January is interesting for them. But to go into the international break in December, Man City on 28, Liverpool, Arsenal 27, Spurs on 26. I think Yeah, we, they're right amongst it. Yeah, they're, they're where, they'd, they're, where they'd be, where, where they'd projected to be, I think. I think as well, there's going to be a running theme with this is all the injuries. Um, I know we've got to get to Brighton, but I was looking at the injuries today. I was bored, so I had 20 minutes. I was just having a cup of tea looking at everybody's injury list. And I just can't believe the volume of injuries that people have already. And and some of them, are, a lot of these players are out till January. And it's like, it is going to have a big impact on the season and, and the January transfer window. Um, Tottenham, uh, I feel that Tottenham are an interesting one. I want you to go first on this because you're bloody lavange. That's, that's your best Big Ange impression so far. So I can go, uh, A plus for you there, Mark, on your Big Ange. I'm learning. Uh, a plus for me. The Big Ange revolution oh, is in full effect. God. I don't think that, you know, there's a there's a danger of a bit of recency bias going in. They've had a tough week. You know, we get back together, get around the barbie and fucking have a little go. You can't. But I think going into the international break, you've got to look at the preseason predictions. I didn't have yeah. Spurs in my top four. I think I didn't have been in the top eight. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people were sort of that seven, eight, ninth position. So they they've exceeded that. Um, the Harry Kane, the way they've dealt with Harry Kane, we spoke about it before. They've got the money to come from that as well. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's got to be an A plus because they far exceeded what uh, I expected and what you expected them and what we all expected them to do. I feel a little bit like Doctor Goldbridge, you know, when someone comes to the doctors and they're not they're not feeling well, and I go, you know what? It's not great news. You're not going to do very well. And then suddenly, they, 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 you know, they're running a marathon and everything's great. And then, no, they, they've, they've, they've had a relapse. I feel like with Spurs, sorry, Spurs, I feel like my prediction at the start of the season that you might not get top eight could easily happen. If you look at who's in eighth place at the moment, Brighton, it could they they could, I'm worried about Spurs, Will, basically. They could, they could drop, they could get flushed down the toilet. They really could because there's so many games between now and January, which is when they can spend, but also when some of the better players are coming back. So they just got to hang in there. But I agree with you. Eight gate, eight wins, two draws, two losses. The recency bias is the two losses. But up until a week ago, 
it was amazing. So I think you've got to, I don't know whether I go as far as an A plus, but I'd certainly put them as an A based on expectations and last few years. Yeah, well, you let me have the privilege to wax lyrical about Big Ange, so I'll pass over the baton to you for Aston Villa. Yeah, I think Aston Villa have been fantastic. It's funny, actually, I heard, I mean, Carragher's probably spoke the most sense in six months. He said that Emery is the third best manager in the Premier League. Now, I would throw that to you, Will, because I was asked that question uh, somewhere today in my many different works I've done. Um, Maybe in the Sainsbury's, I don't know. Somebody asked it me and I said, you know what? He's probably right because obviously Klopp and Pep, Ange is too fresh, Ten Hag's not delivering, Eddie Howe's not delivering. So really it came down to Arteta and Emery. And I thought, well, actually what Emery's done in his career and what he's done with Villa across two seasons. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And I think um, for Aston Villa to be in the position that they're in, it has to be an A for me. I think there's very, he's been doing it longer as well because he's got that was it 13 Premier League wins in a row at home? It's incredible. And also he picked up Gerard's crap. You know, it's like Gerard's taking a big dump on the grass and walking off. And Emery's there with his big poo bag, lifting it up, cleaning it up, saying sorry and, and fixing Aston Villa. Across two seasons, fantastic. So an A for me. You're going to hate this. No, I put A plus on mine. I put A yeah. plus. I think that the home record is defeated. They uh, they're doing really well in Europe as well. And I think when you go back to that managerial chat, I think I'd have to agree putting him third because of the European pedigree. Mm. I think you know he, he's a pragmatic manager, which is. But I think I was listening to. Can't remember. I was listening to it, but he knows what he's got. He plays the system and he gets the best out of players. I mean, look at John McGinn. I mean, we all knew John McGinn was good, but some of the goals he's been scoring and his technical abilities come to the fore where in pass from a sort of maybe a lazy eye where I don't watch Villa as much as um, I don't want to watch them. But um, <laughs> he technically he's come on leaps and bounds as well, I think, which everyone sort of knows in his locker, but that, that's really been highlighted recently. And, you know, I wouldn't, they, they've got money to spend. I think a lot of people speak about Newcastle and everything like that, but Villa have got money to spend. They have got big owners with big checks to cash. So I think January will be another interesting one for them. And maybe, oh, sorry, I just put sick came in my mouth, they could push for top four. Yeah, I think if uh, if you don't understand Will's background, he's a, he's a Birmingham City fan. So him giving praise to Aston Villa is very much like Will watching um, his worst enemy uh, do his ex in a very, very good way and him just going, you know what, that's actually a good performance and she's clearly enjoying it. She's clearly enjoying it. Got to hold my hands up there. That's a great performance. Yeah, fantastic. Begrudgingly, she's enjoying it. He's enjoying it. And so am I. (laughs) Uh, Matt, I I had to have a laugh before we get serious because it's Manchester United next. I want you to go first. I want you to tell me what you've given Man United. Sixth in the league, best form in the last five games, apparently. I mean, that's recency bias coming to the fore, isn't it? I've, oh, given, I, I, them, I I've given them the D, and not the D we were speaking Ooh. about in the last round. Um, I, I had them as a C, but I, yeah, I think yeah. I was getting swayed by that BBC graphic that came out where they were the most informed team over the last five games. I think huge way of injuries. I don't think that gets talked about a lot because Manchester United, you know, everyone wants to laugh at them if you're not a Manchester United fan, but you have to bring that into consideration. Some it's of the champions... No, I know. Yeah. Well, I spoke about it on Friday. Like, if you're a Manchester, mm. if you if you're a top six team, you need to be able to cope with that. Well, the uh, next and- three teams we're talking about have got massive injury problems. But I would say, did they not see it coming in the summer? Like, yeah. you're going to play. You, you've not got massive squads. You use a lot of the same players. You play quite intense football. You're going to get injuries. Injuries. Yeah. No, and I jump, just feel jump into a swimming pool with a great white shark. You're going to get injured. Exactly. Um, I just feel that, yeah, they're going a bit more backwards than forwards. Obviously, last year they, they did so well, but we spoke a lot about identity and Eric Ten Hag. I think some mm. of the signings have been average at best. Um, and then even over the last couple of weeks, I feel it's not been there before. A few cracks in Eric Ten Hag, whether it's the tactical stuff with Evans and Varane, which is just feels a bit mm. freaky. And some of the substitutions he's done as well. So I want him to get it right. I want Manchester United to be back because, Mark, I like you, but it's a D for me. I've got my tracksuit on today as well. Yeah, Didn't he, I, th- I thought subliminally he might just go, ooh, you know, catch the badge and go, I'll give him an A. No, I actually went with an honest C. The fact that you've gone down to a D is probably a little bit too low for me, but I went with a C because I think it's credible to be sixth in the league playing as bad as they are. Um, yeah. So I understand the D, but to be in the position they are... Oh, you understand the D. Yeah, I do understand the D. But the reality is, 
we're gonna go. We'll go with a C minus, I think, for Manchester United because it's it's in between there, which yeah. is uh, we'll, where where Will likes to be. Um, well, let's move on to Newcastle United. I'm interested to get your thoughts on this one because you know I'm a big fan of Eddie Howe, but it does feel like he could be on on the chopping block. I I said this didn't I? I said it a few weeks ago. I said on the show that, and it's a bit of a yo-yo with Newcastle because they're loving the ride. Boring. I'm bored. I'm bored of the ride now. Stop enjoying the ride. You've got to get real. It's time to get real now. They're a they're a credible club. They're in the Champions League. They've got injury problems. What did you think was going to happen when you go from not playing in Europe to playing in Europe? Did they do enough? They've been unlucky with Tonali. They've been unlucky with injuries, but so is everybody else. The harsh reality is they're seventh in the league. They're below Manchester United, who we've just given a C C minus two. They're about to get knocked out of Europe, and they've got some very difficult games on the horizon. Um, what did you give them? I gave them a C minus. Ah, decent. I've gone for B minus. Nah, they can't. You can't give them more than United. Uh, well, I can and I have. Um, but you, you know, you've got the ultimate decision. Well, you're it's your podcast. Um, but I, yeah, I just think Eddie. It's almost. It's it's come down to like Eddie Howe's powers, like Eddie Howe's powers to get the best out of you know rejuvenate Joe Linton, um, Dan Byrne, this amazing left back, and it's sort of like powers. It's like Voldemort near the end of Harry Potter. His powers are waning because you know mm. he's gone to Dortmund away, and we've got nothing wrong with Lewis Hall, but. You know that that squad is very very thin, and I think you know he can do so much for your Sean Longstaffs and um, the way he's coached these players and and given them new life and you know brought them into the top four. But with this schedule, Eddie Howe's powers are just maybe just weakening a little bit, and he needs a bit of a cash injection in January. You make him sound like a glorified paramedic going around with his bloody jump leads. Come on, I'll revive you. Come on, <laughs> Jamal no, I think... is playing centre back for Newcastle, which I think. It's great the way he's brought him back into the fold, but like defensively yeah. for a Champions League team, like they need more support in defensively. Yeah, I, I think with Eddie Howe, what we've got here is something I highlighted a long time ago that Newcastle fans don't like, is that at some point you will spit him out. Like At some point, he will not be the manager to take you where yeah, you yeah. need to be. You look at Pochettino at Chelsea, you look at Emery at Villa, you look at you know Ten Hag at Man United. They might not all work out, but they're a certain level of manager. And I think I'd love Eddie Howe to succeed, but I'm just a realist. I'm not a Newcastle fan. I look at it and I go, they're so rich. They won't just keep going, oh, Eddie, keep trying. At some point, they'll do what Man City did and they'll just go, he's a really good manager available. And is the one available at the moment? No. So he's all right. But I wouldn't be surprised. It's a, ma- it's a massive December for Man United. It's a massive December for Newcastle. It's a massive December for December. There's a few two. A massive December for December, apparently. <laughs> Big December for Santa Claus. But did you see that they got linked with, um, well, I can't, it was a verified journalist. I can't remember whose name it was, but there was reports that Newcastle were potentially looking at Zidane and Unai Emery. But I just can't see Unai Emery making the jump because he's having that sort of pet mould at the club, isn't it? The club is in his image at Aston Villa. I mean, what a job. This is the thing that Newcastle fans... The thing is about Newcastle fans, I love the fact that that they're very loyal to Eddie Howe. But if they sacked Eddie Howe, they'd go and get someone like a Zidane and Newcastle fans will go, oh, thanks, Eddie. Hello, hello, Zidane. You know... That's that's what I fear the new the future Newcastle will be. So I give them. What did you give them? I gave Newcastle a B minus. Oh, I'm giving them a C minus, and I'm I'm stamping firm on that. If Man United are getting a C minus, this is an interesting one. Brighton. What we're going to go for? Brighton. I've given Brighton a B. Yeah. Why have you got? What's your workings out there? Because I, although they're below Man United and Newcastle, they are still Brighton, who defy yeah. logic and. I tell you, I was looking at their injury records there and I didn't realise it was as bad. Long-term injuries to Enciso, Estebanan, Welbeck, Solly Marsh. There's, there's bloody loads. There's loads and loads of players out. Dogs watching, injured now. I was watching Match of the Day and, you know, at the start when they do the team news and he was like, I got, it was about six, seven names. He was like, Milner, Estebanan. Oh, I thought he was doing the changes because yeah. it was European football. And he was like, are all injured? I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, that is bad. It is bad. And also, they, they've they had a lot of bad luck as well. They probably should have another six points again, which seems to happen to them every year. So I think, I think I'd give Brighton a B. They've been quite unlucky. They're, they're adjusting to Thursday night football as well. So they're probably around where I'd expect Brighton to be, if I'm being honest. So I think a B is about fair for them. Yeah, I've gone for B minus. I put victims of their own success. Mm. Huge injury list. Um, but then... On a European front, like you know, for football, as a football fan, you live for those moments and those games and those matches. And to see Brighton win away at Ajax, I know they're not doing very well, but that's a sort of once in a lifetime experience, hopefully more for Brighton fans. So I think that, yeah, yeah. 
stuff. B minus for me, Mark. Uh, we'll we'll get to a point where we really are disrespectful and just start running through some of the crap at the bottom, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> um, West Ham. Yeah, I think I just put B minus. I think a lot of people shouting at David Moyes, but he sort of always knows how to weather the storm. Again, doing well on a European front. So West Ham are ninth. Like if if they were above that, they'd be doing better. If they were below that, be doing worse. This is probably par for West Ham. Yeah, better than I par. West Ham. I'd be happy with that B minus for them. West Ham don't really have a lot to say. Ward Prowse is probably signing of the season. Um, they'd lost three in a row. They, they beat Forest at the weekend. Steadied the shit. They've got European football to play with. They don't have a huge squad. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Uh, Chelsea's interesting. Uh, probably the last one of the interesting ones before we start whizzing through. Actually, um, Chelsea. I mean, season report so far. C for Chelsea. C for Chelsea. I think I think I'd give it a C. Uh, no, C Senor for me. I've given them a D minus. I think we're going on recency mm. bias there, where we were looking at Tottenham and maybe those two defeats were sort of swaying the grade. I think D for me because of one of the amount of money that's been spent. You can't, you know, you can't bypass that. Two bringing in the quality of manager. I know it takes mm. a while for the footprint to be stamped on a team, but some of those defeats at like to Nottingham Forest and to Brentford, like yeah. even just turn those into draws. I think. That's New manager bounce really you'd expect, got. wouldn't you? Well, yeah, something like that. And it's, it's completely the opposite. I mean, the, the only good thing for them has been this week from Monday to the Manchester City game where you could say the midfield threes finally come into the four a bit more. Nicholas Jackson scoring. Um, but yeah, still D minus for me, Mark. Yeah, you'd expect a new manager bounce with all... You, you've convinced me, actually. I was going to give him a C, and it is recency bias. I'm dropping it down to a D. Sorry, Chelsea fans. I think you might be on the bounce back. But realistically, Pochettino, all that money... He says Jackson's one of the best strikers in the world. That initial bounce was all the bounce of a of an egg on a marble floor. So, oh. yeah, it's a D. It's a D. Uh, they are getting better, but the problem with Chelsea is they've got really difficult games. And people say, oh, they're going to get better. But they've played Man City at home. They've played Arsenal at home. They've played Liverpool at home. They've got to go away to all of those teams. I'm, I think it's really interesting where Chelsea are going to end up. I really do. So I, I, I'm happy to drop it down to, what was it, a D? Yeah, give them a D for me. Okay. Um, right, we'll whiz through all this crap. Brentford, um, I'm going to give them a... Uh, just give Brentford a B, you know. I've given Brentford a B. Question yeah. for you, interesting one. Uh, where do you think Thomas Frank could end up next? Do you think he could be pushing one of them top six clubs or maybe Klopp replacement down the line? Well, I'm still reeling from the fact that he's Danish. I actually thought he was German until the weekend. I um I once interviewed Thomas Frank during the peak of lockdown and the questions were pre-writ and they were absolutely awful. It was like 8.30 in the morning on Zoom. I looked like an absolute smackhead. And um uh, and then I did the questioning and he was like really pissed off by him and he forgot to put the laptop lid down and um, had a few choice words about my questioning. Mm, that's, it wasn't that's his fault. It wasn't my fault. It's just the way it was. Who wrote the questions? I can't tell you. Um, B, what was what did you ask me about Brentford? I, I completely get, blanked it. I said, uh, where do you think Thomas Frank could end up next? Maybe a Liverpool? Nah. I could see him okay. at an Everton or something like that. Uh, Wolves, I've given them a... Um, so B for Brentford. I've given Wolves a B plus. I think they've had a really good season to be 12th with 15 points and they've probably been robbed of at least six points, which would put them level with Man United in sixth. I think they've genuinely been robbed of six points. So... You put Wolves into sixth place, that's B-plus for me. That's B-plus territory. Plus, they play good football. Plus, Gary O'Neill was shat on by Bournemouth. Um, B-plus for Wolves. Well done. I've given them an A-minus because, again, yeah. you go back to the preseason predictions. I think mm. I had Wolves in 18th for sure because I liked Gary O'Neill, but I didn't know if it was going to work at Wolverhampton. Financial, cri- Not financial crisis off the pitch, but you know, even at the weekend, Pedro Neto's out. Beat Spurs, one of the most informed teams of the season, and just the I, I think she's the the Monday night football appearance and the way the too much time on footage, Wolves. Come on, footage came out. I like Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, yeah, 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 manager. Yeah. Well done, well done. Crystal Palace, thirteen uh, minus. C minus. I look, I'm still hanging in there, hoping that Hodgson gets sacked first, so I can go. I predicted it. That yeah. sounds really mean, doesn't it? I'm still uh, hoping, it does, but it's reality. It's my prediction, and if I get it right, I can say I told you so, which is more valuable to me than Hodgson's feelings. He's had a long career, a very long yeah, he... career, and um, they were, he won't get sacked. But yeah, they, they, they're not doing as well as they should do, Crystal Palace. Maybe it's time to look at Hodgson's job. I'm just saying. Anyway, Everton. B. It, it, B? Yeah. Why? 
I th- <laughs> I just think finally Sean Dyche's, you know, the, the image of Sean Dyche once the play is being put on the team. I think he's had a lot of injuries that he's had to dealt with. And mm. I think they are performing better than expected. And I d- maybe it is a bit of recency bias creeping into that, but some of the wins that they've got recently. Um, and I just two two losses really in six is quite good. Yeah, I think on upward trajectory for Everton. Yeah. All right, I'm happy to give him a, 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 a yeah. C plus Maybe. or a B, fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Forest. Uh, Forest. I actually thought were doing better than they are. Actually, they're fifteenth, three three wins, four draws, and five losses. I mean, for for what they were a relegation candidate last season, they're not going to go down this year. Probably just a standard C. Really, they're doing okay. I mean, they won at Chelsea. They played quite well at United when I watched them. Played quite well at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably just give them a C. Yeah, give them a C as well. Fulham. Don't care. D, <laughs> haven't replaced no. Mitrovic. Him and Escort, they're one of the one of Goldbridge favourites. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, but they're, they're, they're worse this year than last year, aren't they? They're on a downward trajectory. They'll survive because they're better than the crap at the bottom. But yeah, I mean, they're lucky. They are lucky. I'd give them, what did you give? I'd give them a D. Yeah, I'll give them a D. Bournemouth, what a bunch of prats for sacking Gary O'Neill. Deserve to be where they are. Love it when this happens. I love it, love it, love it when chairmen think they know about football and get it wrong. Nine, nine, nine with Michael Burke. He's, they've got it wrong. They'll stay up because there's so much crap below them. But um, yeah, they are not great. Good result against Newcastle, but maybe a bit fortuitous catching Newcastle tired and full of injuries. But um, yeah, I'm not convinced by them. Uh, they've only won two this season and one of them was against a very poor Newcastle side. Uh, for me, Bournemouth are, yeah, I'd give them a D minus. Agree. Luton, A plus for me. You? <coughs> Go I'm on. stunned. No, I, I'd you, give Jay. Luton a, I'd give Luton, Luton an F. Fail. No, I've given Luton a C plus because, you know, you have, as I said at the top of the show, you've got to give them a bit more respect because everyone thought they'd be the new Derby County and they're not and they're going to prove people wrong and I really like Luton Town. As much as people... You know, last year Bournemouth did that video when everyone was like, Bournemouth are down, Bournemouth are down, and they clipped it all together. Well, I'm standing with Luton Town, and it doesn't mean much for you, Luton, but I'm with you. Nah, I'm being a bit of a pantomime villain, really. They're always going to get relegated. I'll tell you what, I'll set a target for Luton. I'll give them some respect if they get 25 points. I think anything less than that, and they're not maximising. They should be picking points up against the Bournemouths and the Fulhams and, and, and the Crystal Palaces and you know, there are enough points there to get 25. So that should challenge Luton. Sheffield United, I'd say the same as Luton really, whatever you've given them, if you want to hype them up or you want to be real. I'm happy to D. give them an F. I'm happy to give them a B, whatever. I give them a D and I've given Burnley a D. I think Sheffield United's a bit more uh, obvious. Ah. Burnley for, Burnley's an F for me. Yeah, I, I could give Burnley an F. I just think, yeah, I think I've said... One win, game. one draw and 10 losses and they, they absolutely smashed the championship. Unbelievable. Was it, um, we've spoken about it before, you know, they still want to play this brand of football that's just not working in the Premier League. But was it me and you that were talking that said, basically, this has come not from Vincent Company, but from the ownership and basically saying, like, you have to play this way. This is the way it's been dictated to you. I mean, Which obviously works the thing- in the championship. Yeah, but it, it 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 should work in the Premier League as well. But that is in a, that you know that's we talk about whether it's not worth sacking Luton and Sheffield United managers because they probably everyone knows they're going to go straight back down. It's amazing that they're here. But Burnley are an established Premier League club who went down one year, changed the manager, played really good football. They should. I mean, that's that's horrific. One one ten. So yeah, um, it's an F for me at Burn from Burnley at the moment. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. But we're going to change tact. What's next, Will? Yay, it's time for Pratt of the Week. I'm going to jump straight in here because I don't think you know who I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about John Obi McKell, who was on national radio last week talking because he's trying to promote his podcast, which I haven't listened to. I only listen to one podcast, and that's this one, which I repeat at least three times a week. Because I there's the thing I find about this podcast, Will, is that you only really get it on the second listen. There's hidden depths. It's yeah. it's it's hilarious first time, but second time you will actually find other bits. It, it sort of, it caters to everyone the first listen and then intelligent people on the second listen. It's almost, there's hidden messages in there. Anyway, he went on national radio. This is what he said. He said that when they were at Chelsea, player, player power won. 
they got but basically got Benitez sacked if they didn't like a manager or they didn't like a signing that you know JT and co could sort it all out and I thought he was sort of speaking in a really happy way about it and I thought well fair play to you that it worked at Chelsea but actually it's a really bad message to go out and Simon Jordan nailed it he said look when I was a chairman if a player ever came and spoke to me I'd say get out because I don't want to listen to a player because a player is always going to be talking to me because they're not happy they're not in the team or they're not happy that they've not got the contract they want. A manager is a manager of people, whereas a player is focused on themselves. And I thought, you know, Chelsea did win things at that time, but, well, I don't think, I, don't, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't find it a very nice listen, actually. I thought at the end of the day, where's the respect? It just came across as very arrogant and we don't want, you know, I look at United, we probably have had those issues. Other clubs have probably had those issues. And, I just thought he came across as a prat and I think he thought he was being quite clever and, you know, edgy. Oh, look at us. We play a power. But, you know, I think it was the exception, not the rule. Uh, I'd say grow up a little bit. I think, you know, we all know that happens in, in Premier League clubs and clubs around the land. And I think if you're a manager that maybe, you know, you've either got to have be like a Carlo Ancelotti and you're coming in respected. And if you haven't got that, you probably have got to play to the dressing room and you certainly would have had to play to John Terry and Frank Lampard. So nah. if you didn't, I think you're a prat. No, you're, you're, it's just management styles. I think you're a people pleaser, whereas I'm a dictator as a manager. <laughs> I know that for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm not coming into a club and saying, all right, John, can we be mates? I'm going to say, sit yeah. down, shut up, yeah. stop looking at his wife and focus on the football. <laughs> yeah, which you can do. But, you know, if you're... You, you know, you've got what's a broadcast royalty. You've got to be Greg James coming into the podcast world going, you do that. And I'll be like, right, Greg, that's fine. But if you're John Obi McKell coming into the podcast world, I'll be like, John, this is your first podcast. Take a seat, settle down. So I think that's quite obvious what he said. Okay. Uh, any other contenders for Pratt of the Week? Yeah, lots. Well, I mean, the big talking point from the weekend, we spoke about Newcastle losing at Bournemouth, but the sort of debate that raged on the edge of the pitch between Kieran and Trippier and a very small section of the fans, uh, mm. Kieran Trippier went over and was talking to them. And I think one of them questioned the sort of, not the loyalty of the team, but the sort of commitment of the performance. Um, but which which way have you got it? Who's the prat in your eyes? I think they're both Prats, actually. I think that they probably could sit down and be mates now because I think it's just heated moment, isn't it? Uh, and I don't, I've said it a few times, said it on Twitter on, on Sunday morning. If Bruno Fernandes does that, he's getting absolutely torn apart by the media because they're just going to go in on him because it's like you shouldn't do that. So I think it's been reported with a bit of bias because I think it would have been different if it had been a Bruno Fernandes. But yeah, my, my opinion is it's, it's, it's probably 50-50, really. They're both... Uh, emotional, the fan and Trippier. I do think if Bruno Fernandes had done that, it would be reported differently, which is, you know, I, I will call that out for what it is. I think the media will sway whichever way they want to. And we see that all the time. It's if a certain player does it, pile on. Trippier is very well liked. Oh, let's be a bit sympathetic. I'm not necessarily a fan. Of, we've seen it on the continent, haven't we, with this happening a lot. I'm not really a big fan of it. I think players should applaud the fans maybe throw a shirt at them and then go into the dressing room. I think you're going down a dangerous road when you start trying to communicate with fans because it could end up in a, in a dangerous road. And I think a lot of clubs will be feeding that back to their players because emotions were running high. That fan has actually now apologised for it, even though he was probably right. They've paid their ticket. They've travelled a long way. Newcastle have lost to Bournemouth. They didn't play very well. But then Trippi is probably right. You know, they're not not trying. They're just probably knackered, losing quality players. Bournemouth have had a whole week off. So... I think it was just emotions running high. You can see both sides, but if I was a player, I would avoid those sort of conversations in the future because, you know, when it's fine when the emotions have calmed down and everyone's calm, but in that situation when emotions are running high, you don't want to see players getting into arguments or even worse with with fans or otherwise. Um, that was very well reasoned. I, you know, I was I was going to say it was the fans' fault, um, because. You know, if you're Kieran Trippier and you've turned Newcastle around like you have with other players and, and the coaching staff in the last 18 months. But yeah, I think you're right. You just got to be a bit more sensible. So very well reasoned. Mm. Uh, one yeah, I had down I'm here lightning. was, I yeah, it was, yeah, but if it's all right. Um, it's the international break, here, isn't it? Yeah, you've been a bit silly, aren't you? Um, I don't know if you saw it. Um, obviously, you do work at Talk Sport, but the Evan Ferguson interview by, I think it was Alex Crook. Yeah, it's where, Alex Crook, he, yeah. where he was basically. Um, prodding and probing three or four times to see if Evan Ferguson would play for England. I was just like, 
oh, it just felt a bit rank. You know, I've done some bad interviews. I asked Tyson Fury what his favourite biscuit was. It's not going to go down in folklore, but it was just the constant prodding and poking of like, it's been covered before this interview. He answered it in the interview and then he just kept going back and Evan Ferguson just looked, he dealt with it well. He just looked like really pissed off and it was just really awkward and horrible. To be honest, I haven't listened to it. I, I had heard that that had been asked, and you know, I'd bow down to your greater knowledge having listened to it. But there are certain. It's like I, I, I watch the Ten Hag press conference every week, and some weeks I pull my hair out. I really do because there's some obvious questions to ask, and it's an opportunity to say what's going on with Varane. And they won't ask what's going on with Varane. They'll go, "It'll be another question about Jaden Sancho, who he's answered ten times that I'm not talking about it." Any update on Jaden Sancho? Oh, yeah, you know, being as you've hit the magic word 11 times, you've asked me now, and that was always the one where I was going to tell, yeah, he's a really bloody selfish prick, and I really wish he'd piss off. But no, I mean, the thing about Evan Ferguson is I don't even understand the English question. He's an Irish lad who loves playing yeah. for Ireland, and they love him. And it's arrogance, would you consider playing for England? I'd love him to answer it honestly and go, no, I fucking hate them. I don't want to play for England. <laughs> I'd actually, I'd, I'd absolutely love it because then the then, then the interviewer looks a right dick. They won't use it then, will they? And then everyone in England wouldn't like Evan Ferguson. So it's a silly question. And really, being in this space, it doesn't take long to write decent questions. And I just think, yeah, you know, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's been lazy in his questions. I just think it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a waste of a question, isn't it? Really? I think it's trying to get a clip, and you thinking you're doing really well getting a clip, and it's just backfired and gone the other way. Um, Last one for Pratt of the Week is international break from Nina Jones on the community tab. She said, Gareth Southgate, Pratt of the Week. Uh, It's tying nicely for you. Uh, James Ward-Prowse not being in the England team. 100%. I think this wins it. You know, I was a bit worried there because I was thinking, oh, they're all a bit close, really, and there's no defining winner. I know you're not going to like this, Will, because you're a massive fan of Southgate. But all I'm going to say is this. James Ward-Prowse, for me, is arguably the signing of the season. He's gone from Southampton to West Ham. This skill that he has, we're going to do an either or with him and Trent in a minute. And this skill that he has is a skill. He is the best dead ball player in England. And we don't have him in the England national squad of 25 players. It's ridiculous. He's a specialist and he's playing really, really well. And the reason I think Southgate's a prat on this is because he's got Calvin Phillips, who has played 89 minutes in 12 Premier League games. And he's got Jordan Henderson, who could be in the Premier League, but went to Saudi Arabia for money and plays in front no, of 400 people. He went for those three reasons that weren't money because he told us in that athletic interview. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I, I just think, I think Southgate, whatever anybody thinks about him on this specific topic is a prat because he's sending a horrific message to kids and fans and the nation that I will pick Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips who don't play football really over James Ward-Prowse, who's left his home club to come to the Premier League and has been signing of the season and is the best specialist dead ball player in the league. It's disgusting that he's not in the squad. So Southgate, hands down, Pratt of the Week. Mark, can I shock you? Yeah. I agree with you. What? Clip it yeah. up. No, I just think I, I think this year, I don't know if it's because he knows he's going, but he's just doing a few things where, you know, like you're leaving your job and you're just like, I'm doing it my way or the highway. And I think with the midfield section where say it's 90 minutes, it's one, one and we get a corner. Yeah. James Ward Prowse is the best person, probably not just in the country, but one of the best in the world to put a, a dangerous dead ball in from a free kick or a corner. And I think get him in the England squad now, even with the Sterling situation, because to have Rashford in there and not have Sterling yeah. and then for Southgate to go. Um, he was so good. He's been so good this season, Sterling. Yeah, and then even there was a little bit of like, not arrogance from Southgate, but when in the press conference when he was like, well, who, who do you want me to replace Sterling with uh, in, in the squad? I'd be like, well, Rashford's not scored a Premier League goal this season. Um, yeah. So it's not exactly like he's banging form, is it? And Raheem Sterling's been very good for England and like one of your favourites before. So something must have gone on. We might not know about it. But yeah, I agree with you. And that's why he is Pratt of the Week. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Well, that that should be framed, that one. Will agreeing with me that Southgate's Pratt of the Week. That's how bad things are, Gareth. He probably, with me, he'll probably go, oh, he just, he doesn't like me. When he is, Will's called him Pratt of the Week. He's going to choke on his coffee. Yeah, well, I'll still clean his car because he's a good bloke and give me good memories, but maybe I'll just, I I won't do the, I won't do the ribs. That sounds weird. Um, Either or time. (laughs) 
Yep, it's time for either or. We've got some crap. Well, uh, let's fly straight into it. Um, let's do yeah, on, this one. Fun. I like this one. Um, Ward Prowse or Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is the player you want in your team? I was going to do set pieces, but actually, I know they're different positions, but I think you could basically say which one would you want in your team? I am going to go with Trent, um, and I, I think you're going to go with Ward Prowse, but I, I, I do like Trent. I was just reading an article, actually, before I came on air, and uh, was reading about Trent sort of adopting the John Stones role and how he's been watching John Stones and Pep Guardiola's Manchester City play in this new inverted fullback, I think the technical definition is on um, Football Manager. So about yeah. him adapting to that, which is going to be great for England because if that's the way the formation and the style people are going to play going into the Euros, and we've got John Stones and Trent that can do that and it unleashes that unbelievable delivery that Trent's... I think Trent's got it more as well in field where he can he almost like manipulates his foot to do weird things like a magician and yeah. can bend the balls that way. So I'm going to go for Trent, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Ward Prowse versus Trent might shock you this. I would go Trent. I, I purposely oh. put him in there as a little bit of a, you know, Ooh, I bet he'll go Ward Prowse. I think Ward Prowse has got the better ball delivery. Um, absolutely incredible. Like I think he's better at free kicks than, than, than Trent and uh, delivery. It's not just about shooting. But yeah. Trent's the better Trent's the better footballer, definitely. I, I would go Trent with that one. Love that one. Good one you put down here after the weekend. Cole Palmer or Raheem Sterling, which ties nicely onto the uh, England debate and the, the big game at the weekend, 4-4 Manchester City. Chelsea, who are you going for and why? Well, if I wanted someone for the next 10 years, I'd go Cole Palmer because I think the, 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 the ceiling and potential and head on the shoulders is, is absolutely incredible. And I love that, uh, you know, his ability on the ball, his, his intelligence, he's, got, he's a big game player. He's showing that. But yeah. on current now, who's the better player? I, which is why I'd have him in the England squad, because it's the Euros in a year, not in 10 years. I still think Sterling is dropped off last season. But this season, when I've seen him play for Chelsea, I think he's been absolutely incredible. So I, I think, and I'm not even a Sterling fan, but I would say Sterling over P Cole Palmer at the moment, because it's recency bias with, with Cole Palmer. He's a fantastic player. But I'm not going to say he's better than Raheem Sterling at the moment, so I'd still say Sterling. Uh, the, the, I would agree with you, but I, the, I, the, there's a touch of the Bellingham about Cole Palmer, the way he mm. sort of takes the initiative, even with the penalties. And I think that's great for what we've got to come with the future England generation. With Sterling, there's a you know there's a five-minute highlight package that I definitely need to watch on YouTube and probably have seen the goals. I know Sterling's a great player. I just really couldn't tell you like he's defining attribute to why he is that's such a great player but I will bow to your knowledge on that one just finally in this section Thiago Silva or Virgil van Dijk oh this is a good one because I mean if we're talking about van Dijk three years ago you're going to say van Dijk if we're talking about them now um look Thiago Silva he's, he's always been one of my favorite players and and, and and to come into this Premier League in his mid-30s and I think he's 39 now scored a goal at the weekend I don't know whether he's 39 or 38 or 37 yeah, but it's still yeah, yeah. It's incredible. And I really do rate him. And I think he was, for me, he was Chelsea's player of the year last year in a very poor Chelsea side. And uh, he's just so, he's so quality, such a quality player, very rarely makes a mistake, can score a goal. He's a leader as well. I think it's under, understated what he's come and done in the Premier League, maybe because Chelsea haven't been the Chelsea that they were. But I think he's a fantastic signing. He's a fantastic player. However, it's a bit like Ward Prowse and, and uh, Trent. I still think Van Dyke is better and uh he is i was talking about this on the fill-in actually um ben foster said to me i think that van dyke for those two years was the best center back in the premier league for those two years and i said well i sort of disagree but then i do agree because if you look at vidic and terry and people like that they weren't modern center backs van dyke is the first modern center back who's got it all physicality ball playing speed um and he looks like he's getting a little bit better than last year as well after that injury. So I'd still go Van Dyke, but Silva's a fantastic player. I think Van Dyke as well. It was how he elevates the people around him as well, isn't it? Like you probably say that with with Terry, with but he had Carvalho, who was vastly experienced and did with it did at Porto and Gary Cahill. But the way like Van Dyke's got the best out of Matip and Joe Gomez, who were still they're still great defenders, but Van Dyke definitely brought the best out of them in, in, in those years and, and is doing that again. So for me, it's got to be Van Dyke. Finish on a good one here from Matthew Peacock, who put in one on the Spotify tab. He said, this season, just this season, 
Who's had better form, Salah or Haaland? Salah. Yeah, Salah, because I think he's coming... I think when Salah... Salah's, Haaland's a finisher, isn't he? Salah is more pressure. He's he's not just a finisher. He, he's part of the build-up. He's a talisman. He plays on the wing. I think I think it's harder harder to be Salah than it is Haaland. And I think that Liverpool this season, whilst they are up there, they've not been up there because they're the Liverpool of two years ago. They're a, they're a work in progress, Liverpool. They've had to graft for some of their results. If you think about Newcastle away with 10 men, um, Liverpool have had to really work to be where they are, which is why I think they're dangerous. And I think Salah is fundamental to that. And it's a lot more work for Liverpool to be where they are in the league than there is Man City, because Man City are the best team in the world. So, Salah. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, should we? I was going to do some audience questions, but I think next week, because we're coming off the back of the international break, should we have a bit of an audience Q and A special? Uh, yeah. and really go through them. And well, we we haven't favorite. got a we haven't got a Friday show this week because there's no Premier League fixtures, so we won't have Goldbridge until the week on Friday. But what you can do um, is on Spotify there is a question tab and there is a poll. We'll set a poll up for you this week anyway, but. Do leave your questions. I mean, if you disagree with any of our grades for Premier League teams so far, which I'm sure some of you will, you might have seen the clips, etc. If you think Arsenal should be an A, get your comments in why you think it should be that. If you think we've got any of the either-ors wrong, let us know why. And if you have any either-or suggestions or any other topics or you want us to talk about, leave them in there as well because we're picking them up on there on the Spotify now. Make sure you give us five stars as well and a follow. Um, It's quiz time. Yeah, I think you start because yours would be shit and mine's great, so we want to end on a high. Okay, so uh, five clues from me. Uh, we play, it's a bit of like a penalty shootout, really. If he gets it right off the first guess, he gets five. If he gets it off the second guess, he gets four. And then we see whose score is who against each other. So I'm thinking of a player and my first clue is, I nearly read the name out because it's at the top. Imagine <laughs> if I'd done that. First clue is, okay, first clue, centre-back. Oh my God, I mean, I told you this is crap. Virgil van Dijk. No. Uh, second clue, plays in London. I mean, this has got all the care and attention of a relationship that's about to break up. Um, he plays in London. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Pinnock. No. Um, third clue, only have 10 caps for my country. Joe Gomez. No. I played for- in London. Yeah, this is good, you see. And you know I didn't have a name before we started the podcast and I had one minute to get one. So this is down to me, the quality of this one. But there'll be people sat at home really enjoying this. They'll be like, ooh. They'll have sat up. They'll be in the bath, soaping themselves off and they'll have just gone, ooh, let me just rinse. phone out the window. Yeah. So clue four. uh, (laughs) Let's let's have a recap. Centre-back, plays in London, 10 caps for his country. Scored at the weekend. Oh, God. Um, oh, a kanji. Oh, plays in London. Oh, yeah, I didn't look at you. Um, plays in London. Uh, 10 caps. Uh, Ben White. No, he didn't score the weekend. Last clue French. He's a crap. Saliba. Yeah, one point. Crap! What a load that of was crap e- I thought you was. were going to get that on the. You could the thing about that one is it was what, easy. You, could I got that on the first one? You went centre back. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously going to. It's obviously going to be in the <laughs> prem. That that was a bit hard that first one, but they did get easy then. Come on, you should get on. Anyway, come clue. on. One first point. clue, footballer. Um, no, right here on. we go. My quiz question one. No. I have played forty times for England and scored sixteen goals. Oh, 16 goals for England, 40 caps. Oh, Ian Wright. Ian Wright. Incorrect. Incorrect. My Premier League debut came in November 2008, where I scored against Stoke. Vassell. No, incorrect. Oh, I thought I'd done it there. The debut was in like 97. I don't bloody know. Went to the 2002 World Cup. Managers I've played under, club and country. Steve Bruce, Nigel Pearson and Roy Hodgson. Steve Bruce, Nigel Pearson and Roy Hodgson. Club and country. Steve Bruce, Nigel Pearson. Vardy. Incorrect. 
I signed for Arsenal after leaving Manchester United. I signed for oh. Arsenal after leaving Manchester United. And he's got <laughs> how many goals has he got? Sixteen for England. Not Danny Welbeck. Correct. Bloody hell! Danny Welbeck's well got done. sixteen goals. I t- I'm, I'm clapping Danny Welbeck. Sixteen I goals it. I went for on England. Wikipedia. Yeah, I went on Wikipedia and I looked at his England record and I thought that is a great start because that almost throws you off the scent, doesn't it? That is when he retires. Let me just double check, just double check that. Sorry. He's he's got good honours as well. I don't I don't know yeah. I don't know he might have won a Champions League. Get on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, Danny England won. England yeah England main team forty two appearances sixteen goals. I was worried I'd got the youth career in, but no, that is just main England appearances. 16 goals. So you win that. 42. I won 2-1 there. Well, well done if everyone else got that because that is absolutely incredible. And check this, his honours as well. Premier League. Oh, no. He's only won the Premier League. <laughs> One Premier League. He's got, an F- he's got two Premier FA Cups with Arsenal. He's got two yeah. League Cups with Man United. And he's got a Premier League. It's not too bad. Still playing in Europe with Brighton. Yeah. Well done, Danny Welbeck. What a career. He's stolen the show. By me. That was good. I'm I will work harder show. next week. I didn't work hard Good. on mine at all. You've got a whole week. It's the international break for you. You've got a week. You can have a few days off, rejuvenate, but then you've really got to get on them quiz books, get right in and really come back strong. Yeah, well done. That was a good one. I've won. I've won. Um, okay, well, look, thanks, everyone. Don't forget to leave your comments in. We'll get a little bit of a poll for you. Danny Welbeck has won the podcast. We should call it the Danny Welbeck episode, but uh, that's the sort of thing that others do. Uh, thanks very much, Will. What, did, how, what happened with Blues? You've been very quiet. Thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure always. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Joe Bellingham. Joe Bellingham scored against us and it was awful. And on that bombshell, we'll see you next week. Or hear you. Bye. (laughs) 